Hello everybody. I cannot wait to share today's episode with you guys. I know I say that every single time, but each of these is like a little mini mentor session for me and all you business owners out there. So I just get so pumped to share all of the great info that I'm learning from these incredible business owners. But today I interview Helen Morrison, one of the owners of Frownies, which is the original wrinkle patch. If you haven't heard of Frownies yet, though you might have seen them go viral on TikTok, this is a story you need to hear. Frownies began all the way back in 1889 when Helen's great-great-grandmother invented them to help smooth out the wrinkles appearing on her face. Today, Helen's mom runs the company and Helen runs the social media. We'll dive into the incredible story of Frownies, what they learned from going viral on TikTok, and much more. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this one. Welcome to Unstrictly Business, a podcast where we interview business owners about everything that helps them succeed, from business advice to self-care and everything in between. I'm your host, Callie, and each week we'll share a new episode with behind-the-scenes content that reveals what it's really like to run a successful business. Hey, everybody. My name is Helen Morrison, and I am one of the business owners of Frownies. Its official company name is BNP Company. I am the great-great-granddaughter of the inventor of Frownies, and my mom is currently the CEO. She runs the company, and I do all of the social media. So you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. So I also run a coaching business on the side, and I teach nutrition and fitness. I've been teaching yoga for about 13 years cycling bar, a little bit of everything. I would say my entire family has kind of always had a passion for uh, holistic health and wellness and just bringing that into even the skincare arena. My mom is a naturopath and she is the formulator of all of our skincare products. So that love for all things natural and organic really kind of bleeds into all of our product line as well. So hi, Helen. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. I'm so excited to interview you because I am just like passionate about your project in general, but I also am so interested to learn more about social media and how you've helped Frownies grow so much on TikTok and through Reels. So I'm really excited to dive in. But how we start out is I love to talk a little bit about what you were like when you were growing up. So I know your mom's a naturopath and so health and wellness has obviously been a big part of your life, but what was it like when you were in middle school or high school? Did you always have a passion for this stuff too? So I'm one of five, uh, the second oldest, uh, the oldest girl. And mm, I would say when I was very young, my mom was even more extreme into health and wellness. And when I went to elementary school, in some ways, I, it was kind of embarrassing the way that our family was, because it was back before Whole Foods was cool and everybody was eating plant-based. And, you know, now people know about all of that. Um, but back then, nobody did. And living in, you know, small town in the Midwest in Ohio, I would take my lunches to school and be humiliated that I'm like eating this sandwich with one inch thick homemade brown bread with hummus and tofu on it. And so I feel like it was kind of something I embraced and I enjoyed. I liked the food and I liked the things that we did as a family that were more holistic and natural. We were always going to chiropractor and things like that. But when it came to my friends and peers, it was a little bit more embarrassing. And I would say that kind of carried on a little bit into middle school and high school, but ultimately 
again, I kind of knew and I, I, I definitely bought into the fact that it was, I think for us, the better way, um, knowing that we weren't constantly getting sick or needing antibiotics or things like that. And I could tell even at a young age, how great I felt going to the chiropractor, getting massage when I was sick, using home remedies, essential oils, things like that. And I, I knew that the way that we were doing things was something that I was on board with. And I, I never felt like I can't wait till I grow up and I can get out of here. <laughs> I was always, I liked what we did. I just wished that more people were more accepting of it. And actually funny story, right when I graduated high school, I went to Boulder, Colorado for a frownies event with my mom. It was like a convention or something. And um, we walked into Whole Foods for the very first time. That was the first Whole Foods I had ever been in. And it's been there a long time and it's huge. And I literally walked in and I cried because I felt like these people get me. These people know me. Like I'm not alone in the world. And now, you know, it's, I think natural health and wellness is definitely more trending. And um, so it's, it's kind of something that while it was a little embarrassing when I was younger, it definitely shaped me. And now it's something I think everyone is kind of looking for. And a lot of people ask me about, and that's kind of why I went into coaching and things like that too, because it became a thing that people just kept coming to me, wanting to understand more about things that they can do to be healthier. So yeah, no, I love that. And I think I can just picture you at the table in the lunchroom eating your brown bread sandwich and <laughs> other kids being like, what is that? But your mom, like she knew right all along. And so it is nice to like grow up with that foundation. One of my, I'm one of five too. I'm the oldest, but one of my friends in elementary school, her mom was really health conscious. And I remember like seeing like brown bread and brown sugar and like Con like glass containers, not in like yes. plastic and cans. And I was like, what is going on? But I'm, I always loved it. I thought her peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were better than like the Wonder Bread and whatever, <laughs> like, Jiffy peanut butter and jelly. But I think that's like a really key thing that you probably had growing up that really shaped who you are today. And especially goes to show with your coaching. But so growing up, your mom, she was running frownies or was she still working with her mom? Was she kind of in the same situation as you? My mom was not involved at all with frownies my entire childhood. My grandmother ran the business and it was very small. It was just in like a little office. It was actually my first job when I was 14. I would go one day a week. I was homeschooled at the time. So I would go one day a week. And I would help fold frownies and put them in the boxes and send them out. And it was just my grandmother and one older lady who worked for her and they filled all the orders. Back then, frownies was a lot smaller. It was more what we always said, a Hollywood beauty secret. So primarily we were sold in stores that were in California and in New York and just small boutiques. And then, you know, some around the world as well. We actually are, are all over the world and in just some small beauty circles. But it was small, mostly word of mouth. They didn't do any marketing and there wasn't social media back then. So the opportunity to do the kind of marketing we do now wasn't available. It was like, you're either going to pay for a commercial or pay for an ad in a magazine. And that's quite expensive for a very, very small business. So my grandmother ran the business. Um, I would go in one day a week. And it's funny, it was so small that like at 14, the one older woman who really kind of did all the work, my grandma just sort of signed the paychecks and, you know, came in once in a while. She went 
she would go on vacations every summer and I would actually run the business by myself for the okay. summer. Like I would get the mail, I would write the orders in the little ledger book and then I would send them out. You know, it was, it was really low key, but very old school, nothing like it is now. And my mom, you know, she had five kids. She did, she taught cooking classes. She taught health and wellness stuff. She has always kind of worked you know, helping people with their lifestyle, like holistic health kind of thing. Um, so she was very busy with all of that. And the business didn't need anyone else's input, really. And my grandmother did that. Well, when I graduated high school in 2000, um, I was down at college in Texas and my parents kind of came down to help me get set up. And my grandmother called my parents because all of a sudden the phones were ringing off the hook. And they really, the phone would only ring once or twice a day at that time. And so my grandmother was a little bit freaking out, like, I don't know why we're getting all these calls and all these orders. And so my parents told her, hey, well, the next person who calls, ask them where they're heard about Franny's. And so she did that. And they, we found out Renee Rousseau, she's a Hollywood actress. She, it was, she was like her 40th birthday or something. And so she, there was a whole um, Good Housekeeping Magazine article spread about her. She was on the front cover and it was all about her favorite things like fabulous over 40. What are all your beauty secrets, all your favorite things. And she talked all about Franny's. There was, I think a one or two page spread all about Franny's. I had our phone number, our website, you know, information on Franny's and everyone was getting that and seeing that. And we didn't know that was going to happen. We didn't even know that she used frownings. And if we had paid for that, it would have been, I mean, we could have never afforded the, the article that, that was there. So it just, the phone started ringing off the hook and it was so crazy. Like it almost kind of crashed the business. Like it, we just were not prepared for that. So my parents came in because my grandmother at that time, I mean, I guess she was probably in her seventies. So my parents came in my mom kind of took over. They just called everyone they knew and were like, Hey, come answer the phones. They rented out the rest of the office space in the little building they were in. They had people just answering phones and taking orders all day, every day. And it was like a little bit of this explosion. And then things kind of settled at a new level. And then they kind of figured out, okay, what kind of long-term employees do we actually need? What changes do we need to make? So that was in 2000. And then from that point, once my mom came on, you know, my grandmother kind of phased out and my mom had never found skincare products that she really loved that kind of met the standard that she had for, you know, natural and organic and all of that. And so she decided to start doing some research and formulating her own. So she worked with some different chemists and things like that. And that's when she started basically expanding the product line into some of the skincare and it's just evolved since then. So she really wasn't very involved until, like I said, around 2000. And that's when I graduated high school. So yeah, growing up, she, she was never, you know, the business was not a part of our family's life, except for that. It was my like part-time job. <laughs> and my grandmother always was like, one day when you take over the business. And I was like, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> and here I am. That is amazing. That story. I was like hooked on every word you're saying that just is such a unique story of how blowing up and before there was like social media and paid partnerships. I mean, I'm sure like people obviously paid to get into magazines, but I just think that's a really natural way to grow. So I love that. Well, story. And I will say as far as like the beginning of Frownies and the word of mouth and the Hollywood beauty circle thing, my great grandmother, I guess she was a concert pianist and she did some modeling. And so she was kind of connected with people in those circles. And my 
parents were just telling me the other day, even um, there are quite a few old Hollywood movies that feature frownies in the movie um, and Hollywood actresses, you know, old school who, you know, talked all about frownies back in the day. And it was very much a word of mouth thing. And I guess my grandmother played the piano for some of the presidents and things like that. And there were like Rose Kennedy is someone that was kind of in the like political circles or whatever, who used frownies and they would tell their friends. And it just was like, we would get letters from random people in these circles asking for frownies, requesting frownies. And so then we would send them out. We have old letters in the office kind of framed from people all over the world where back then they would write a letter requesting frownies and they would just include a check for how much they thought it might be. And then we would send them a box and then send them a bill or they would send a letter requesting frownies. We'd send the box without even payment and send the bill. And then they would send, you know, it's just like a whole other day and age of doing business. Um, But it's pretty cool just to, hear about all of that. And, and even still, there are quite a few Hollywood actresses who use brownies. And apparently I've talked with a lot of makeup artists now via social media who have been in makeup in Hollywood for a long, long time. They're like, oh yeah, we've known about frownies forever. Like that's the original old school, you know, Botox kind of a thing. And so it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you do listen to the stories and you hear, how it all evolved because it, it and a lot of people when they first hear about us they find it hard to believe that we've been around since 1889 because first it's unheard of that a woman started a business in 1889 and that the product could last this long um, being that it's something just so simple but it really works and it's kind of stood the test of time so here we are yeah i think that is also like the story itself is so unique. And I, I mean, all of the people I really talk to, like they've started their business in like the past like decade yeah. or two. And so the way that you grow a business is so different, but I think it's interesting to look at getting the, getting the frownies in the hands of the right people. Like nowadays we kind of do that with influencers or like celebrities. Like I interviewed the founder of Vibes, which is like a CBD drink. Yes. And when we did the interview, he was talking about how Justin Bieber had just like taken an Instagram with his vibes. And so he was like, so now that like really helped our sales. And he's like, he lives in LA. So he's a little bit more like, he's like, I don't want to like name drop or anything. Um, But I think it just goes to show that word of mouth is so powerful even today. And I mean, I saw my cousin being like, these are really amazing. And even just seeing all your videos, like I am not going to lie, I've probably watched like 20 of your TikToks. (laughs) Um, And so just like that, I was like, oh my gosh, like she looks amazing. And you can really see on your forehead, like you have no lines. So I just think that there's so much to learn, but I would love to, so I would love for you guys, you to explain a little bit about your great, great grandmother's story. So I know that she just like invented these when she felt like she needed it but i'm wondering like how she went about starting her own business yeah so my i guess my great great grandfather he was in like a barber supply business and so our company name bnp company um (laughs) technically we don't even know what that stands for it was like something barber supply related Um, So he was in this business and um, then he passed away rather young. And when he died prior to that, my, because I, like I said, she was a concert pianist and did modeling. 
being a concert pianist, you know, you're very intent and you're furrowing your brow as you're like focused on playing the piano. So she had this line in between her eyebrows. And so she also, because she was in modeling, wanted to smooth that out and like wanted to do something about it. You know, women have wanted to smooth their wrinkles for 130 years. <laughs> um, but anyway, so because of that, she um, wanted to do something to, to figure that out. And somehow she came up with the idea of frownies. And you know, a lot of people will say, oh, it's just a sticker or oh, it's just like a band-aid or it's just tape. But it's actually quite different when you hear about how it all came about. She actually got the paper. So it's a specially weighted paper, right? It's not just a sticker. It, the paper is a certain weight. That's part of why it works. And then the adhesive is, it's not self-adhesive. You have to activate the adhesive. So she somehow mixed up this adhesive and she would pour it on paper and then let it dry. And she did it in her attic. And then, and I, I mean, to me, I'm thinking she must have been thinking along the lines of paper mache because that's kind of what it's like. You know, you have paper mache, you have this wet, you, you wet the paper with some kind of sticky stuff. It dries hard and stiff, right? So like a cast. So it was almost like a mini cast for your facial muscles. So she came up with this somehow. And then she started making it in her attic and she started using it. And a lot of her friends were like, what are you doing? Like your skin looks amazing. You don't have any wrinkles. So she started making it as gifts for her friends. And then that was like, it just kind of kept going and going. My grandmother has passed away now, but she lived till like 96. She passed a couple years ago. Um, and she would tell the story that like when she was a little girl, because my, her mother actually died a little bit young. So she was raised by her grandmother and her, her and her mother always lived with her grandmother. But she tells the story that instead of having like a lemonade stand, they had a frowny stand and they would like sit out, you know, on their front porch, like selling their boxes of frownies and people that lived around would just come over and get some. And so she would just lay out the strips of paper in the attic, pour the adhesive on it, let it dry. And then they would cut it up into the patches put it in a box. And that was the original way that they sold it. And then, like I was saying, my great, great grandfather died. And at that time, the rest of the business owners of the barber supply company, were going to sell the company and just kind of like get rid of it. And so because she had been making frownies and she also now had to kind of like support her family, her daughter and her granddaughter, she bought out the rest of the owners of the barber supply company, basically got rid of whatever it was that they sold. And through that, like kept the business and then used the business and sold frownies under that umbrella. And so she started manufacturing frownies. And like I said, at first it was in her attic. And then um, I think she made a connection with someone who had like a paper company. And so they started having it actually produce, you know, that way so that she could produce it more in bulk. Um, but even still frownies comes when we get it, it's like in a giant roll and it's perforated. And then we pull the strips apart, count out the pieces, fold it up, put it in the box. So it comes in a big giant roll and it's, it's a lot more complicated than just like, oh, it's just a sticker. You know, they just stamp some stuff on there. It literally, there is a certain formula. There's a certain amount of adhesive that has to be on the paper. There's a certain weight of the paper. And it's tricky when you make something that's 
not self-adhesive and an adhesive that you have to like activate, get wet and activate. It's tricky to do that because you have to have a certain temperature. You have to have certain heat. Things cannot get steamy on the patch, even though you're heating up the adhesive to create it. So it's a whole lot more involved than it sounds when you just, you buy the patches and you stick them on your face, right? <laughs> That's kind of how people feel like, oh, it's tape, but it's a lot different. Tape is actually quite easy to make whereas frownies are very specific. Um, and that's why they work because they're created a certain way that's been tested over 130 years and kind of refined to be what it is. So yeah, so she took over that business and that became their thing and they just, uh, you know, pass it on. And so I guess my grandmother, she, it kind of went from my great grandma to my grandma. Her mom was semi-involved, but like I said, she passed away at a younger age. And so my grandma and her grandma always kind of did frownies together. And my great, great grandma was actually involved also well into her eighties. And then my grandmother, you know, she was in her seventies. That's when my mom came on, but she still came into the office up until she was 90 years old, you know, just to go in and she'd open her mail and, you know, do her thing. So yeah, so here we are five generations later and still going strong. <laughs> That's just so special. Like I'd have never heard of another company being one like passed through the generation. Like there are so many companies that have been passed through the generations, but I love that it was also passed through the women. And yeah, you know, my husband, um, he was reading a book, a business book and was saying, I guess it's very, very rare that a business survives just even to the second generation. And then from there, it's like the percentage each generation that it would pass on is so, so small and so unlikely that it really is a special story. And it is one of a kind. And like you said too, the fact that it was passed through the women, the fact that a woman even started the business 130 years ago is kind of crazy, you know? And so, yeah, we love the story and we definitely do feel like it is something that makes you know, our company special and makes what we are doing so special too. Yeah, I 100% agree. Just like reading through the Brownies website and like seeing a little glimpse into the story was like that. Wow, this is really special. Like I'd love to be able to talk to Helen or Kat about more about their business. And so I kind of want to fast forward a little bit to you being in college. So I would love to know like what you studied, if you kind of like had it on the back burner of like, maybe I will come back and do frownies and what kind of like what you did between graduating high school and going to frownies. Okay. So I went to school actually for elementary education. Um, I was never a person who envisioned myself as like a career woman. I, you know, I become it because I came from a big family. I just always assumed I would have a big family. And I thought, I, I think I've always been pretty practical as well. So I was like, well, education's great. I also was very interested in traveling and living around the world and things like that. So I thought, well, you know, education's easy as far as like, it's, it's my ticket to the world. I could live anywhere in the world and teach if I wanted to. And I thought, well, once I have children, like this will also help me. Like I'll just know more about kids and child development. Like I, it just was practical. And that was all I was thinking. So I studied elementary education, got my degree with that. I never, ever intended to be involved with frownies. 
I did go to some trade shows, you know, like there's, there's big like spa conventions and trade shows around the country where you can go and you set up your product and you know, your booth. And I've done some of that because I've always known about the product and I could always talk about it. And people would say, Oh my goodness, you're so good at talking about this. You should totally, you know, be a part of the business as I always just thought no way. Uh, so I taught school for a couple years. I started out teaching kindergarten and then I taught special ed for kindergarten through sixth grade. I actually did end up moving to Thailand and lived there for a year. And I taught and I loved the schedule of a teacher, just having the summers off and, you know, knowing that you were going to have those vacations and breaks. I loved that. I also loved kids and working with kids. So it, you know, it worked out and it was something that was worked for me while I was single, but I also always had the dream of basically being able to just like, I loved health and wellness. Right. So I, my dream was like one day I just want to teach fitness classes, you know, live at the gym and then just like get my green juice and do my thing. I was just kind of wanted that freedom. Um, but I loved fitness. So I was like, Oh, that'll be great. And so eventually in, in the summer break one year, I decided to go get my yoga teacher certification. So I did a 500 hour um, intensive certification that summer. It was amazing. And that was kind of where I really fell in love with yoga particularly. And so that was the start of it. And then I was teaching school and also teaching yoga. And I just wanted to one day transition to full-time, like be out of the education realm and just teach yoga or other fitness classes. And so I guess, you know, you could say, even though I never wanted to be involved with the business, I guess I've always had that desire to be able to kind of work for myself, like create my own schedule and do my own thing. And so that's sort of what fitness looked like to me without the need to like have a business. But then of course I started having children and it's tough to drag them back and forth to classes. And that's when I started my coaching business, which was something I just thought, well, I'll try this. I don't know you know, online, the online coaching and online businesses had, I would say it was just kind of getting started at that point. Um, and I was sort of seeing people do that. And I was like, eh, I might as well try this. Like, what do I have to lose? Uh, so that was about six years ago. And I started, you know, my online coaching and very quickly things took off. And I think, you know, knowing, I, I didn't know that that was going to happen, but you know, it's like, if you think about, um, the analogy of pumping a well, if you go to like an old school water well, you have to like pump and pump and pump before any water comes out. And then finally the water comes rushing out, but you have been pumping that well for a little while first. I didn't realize that my entire life was kind of preparing me for doing what I was doing because living this lifestyle, living all over the world, being connected to so many different people, teaching fitness classes, and even just people have always asked me about my food. I've, I was never one to talk about holistic health and nutrition. I just let, did my thing, but people noticed and they were always asking me and it was kind of setting me up. Like it was almost as though people were kind of waiting in the wings for me to do something like this, to offer a way to help them out. And so when I started coaching, things took off quickly and it kind of shocked me, but because of that, that's what got me into social media. I really wasn't on social media a whole lot before that. Of course I had a Facebook, I had an Instagram, but you know, it's like you post some pictures of your kids or something random that you're doing. It wasn't like an outlet for business or I wasn't marketing anything and I wasn't on there every day. Um, and I didn't really know anything about social media. It just, just like everyone else, I had an account and that was about it. And then 
because of my coaching business, I really, I would say over the past six years, I've kind of done a deep dive into learning all that I could learn about social media and, um, all the ins and outs. And obviously it's constantly changing and it's changed so much every year, the different platforms that are available, the different, um, elements of the platform, you know, like when I started, there wasn't Instagram TV, there wasn't reels, there wasn't stories, there wasn't all the things that we use. There wasn't TikTok. Um, or I guess actually it was Musical.ly and I don't even know the year that that started, but I originally had an account, which that turned into TikTok. But yeah, you just, you kind of just keep learning and you have to keep growing as the platforms grow. And that was kind of what I did just for my coaching business. And I, again, had no intention of getting involved with brownies. But then last summer we went to visit my mom in Ohio and my husband was always fascinated by frownies, just thought it was the coolest story. So, um, he was always talking with her about it and wanting to hear about what was happening. And so it just kind of got the conversation rolling. And he was like, what if we got involved with brownies? And I just, at first was like, no way. Why would I do that? <laughs> you know, it's fine as it is. I don't need to do that. But that just kind of got me thinking. And then I started looking at Brownie's social media pages and all the things. And, and you know, obviously like my mom, um, she's in her mid sixties and stuff. And uh, social media for her generation is, you know, they're catching on to it now, but it's a whole new thing, right? Um, and so as I was looking at all of the social media, I was like, wow, we can do better than this. Like there's so much more that we need to be doing. And I, I thought I'm just doing this little coaching business on the side and my social media, you know, looks so much more than what we have for frownies. Like frownies is a real like worldwide business. We need to up our game and I could totally do that. And I was already talking about frownies on my own Instagram stories on my personal page because I loved it and I used it. And, you know, you're always just sharing kind of like, you know, an influencer does you share whatever you use in beauty, food, fitness, whatever. So I would talk about frownies once in a while. And I thought, okay, I need to like, I can really take over here on the social media side of things. It will be so easy. I'm already doing this. There's no learning curve. I know all the products in and out, like, let me do this. And so I kind of you talk through that with my mom and she was like, all right, you know, go for it. So it's almost as though my six years of coaching and being in a, basically a social media business and social media marketing really prepared me to get involved in frownies and to get involved in an area I love. I love social media. I love getting to know people online and I love making those connections and friendships and relationships. I love sharing, teaching about whatever it is, you know, and so it was a really natural fit. And it was, it was basically a, a hole that was created in the business that I fit perfectly into that wasn't there. You know, when I was younger and people said, oh, get involved with frownies. There was nothing that I could see in the realm of business that I had any interest in. But I do love the, this element. And I love that now too, really brands and businesses, it's really important that you have a personal element, like you have a personal relational connected touch with your customers and your people um, because people now are like, people are searching for connection and wanting that connection, even though we're more connected than ever because we have social media, it's also very disconnected and it feels very impersonal. And so I think as a brand and as a business, it's so important 
to not just use social media, but to truly become a human on social media who connects and reaches out to others. And I think if you have the ability to do that, it's so powerful for your business um, and for your brand and for your life. You know, it's like people want to feel connected. We have, I have so many conversations with people every single day in our messenger and people People want to be connected to a real, like real life people and real life stories, not just big brands. You know, obviously we all buy things at Walmart and Amazon and whatever, but I kind of feel like no one really wants to, like everyone actually wants to support local or support people they know, or be connected to the business owner. And so my love for people and connecting with people kind of naturally evolved even into something that I can do on social media. And that became a part of Frownies that I was very much interested in being involved with. And so that's what I do now. So everything's kind of connected, you know, you never know what one thing that you say yes to in your life is going to lead to something in the future that you could have never known or prepared for. Cause if I hadn't been on social media the past six years learning and just diving into that, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now for Frownies. Cause I wouldn't, I wouldn't know anything about it. So yeah, no, I think that is all so like important. And just the fact that you, I loved your little metaphor of pumping the well, because I think so many people are like, I don't really, I'm really passionate about this, but I don't really know where to go. And I think you're such a good example of just like, go where you want to go yeah. next. Just and start. you like, yeah. And you have to start somewhere. And you were like, I like teaching. Like you had a big family. You obviously loved kids. And so you went there and you knew you wanted to travel. So you went to Thailand and then you knew you liked fitness. And so you went there and maybe like you didn't ever at 18 want to jump to being in right. brownies, but the path you took there got you to where you were going to go all along. Right. So that is so special. I do want to talk a little bit about social media too. So I know some, especially people in our community, they sometimes get overwhelmed with social media or they're scared to be on the camera, to talk to the camera. And I would just love to hear like what it was like when you first started posting those TikTok posts. Like, did you ever get down about maybe not getting a lot of views? Or I've seen like some people being like, she has Botox. Like, how do you deal with those kinds of things? Okay, so initially with TikTok, we were not on there as a business. I had a private, not a private, I had a personal TikTok. I didn't really post to it, but I had it. So I was, I was aware of how TikTok worked. Well, a girl that follows me on Instagram, uh, she sent me a message one day and was like, did you see this TikTok this girl posted uh, about frownies? And I was like, no, like send it to me. So then I went on TikTok and I watched this girl had posted about frownies and she got a a lot of views, I think maybe a couple hundred thousand. Um, and she's young. She was like early twenties and she's like, guys, this is what I use for my wrinkles, you know? And it was short. And then people commented, well, show this on, show us on someone older. So then she did it with her mom. And that video I think got over 2 million views in a couple days. TikTok is an insane platform for virality. It's like, you just never know when something can go crazy on TikTok, And so I saw that and I immediately thought, oh man, we've got to get on TikTok because if, and I searched the hashtag frownies and I searched around to see, has anyone else talked about frownies? And for the most part, there were maybe two or three little videos that have like a hundred views or something, not anything. So it was not really on TikTok. It was not known in that 
realm. And, but I was like, okay, we need to be on here because people were in her comments saying, where can I get this? How do I buy this? And I was like, okay, we've got to have a presence. So I had no expectations. And I think when you go into social media, when you go into business, whatever you're doing, you can't, you can't have expectations. You can't, you can't have, you know, this idea of like, well, if I don't get views, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'll just try it. If it doesn't work, you, you have to just do it and keep doing it. That's the key to social media is to be consistent and to keep showing up. Even if you don't get any views, you have to keep showing up. And so I had no expectations. I got on TikTok. I was like, all right, let's just do this. So I posted my first TikTok and I think it got like 20,000 views. And now it has obviously way more than that. But I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because at the current time, we were really like on Instagram and Facebook. And for the most part on Instagram, we didn't have, it wasn't very active. We didn't get a lot of views. We didn't get a lot of comments and whatever, but we were just there having a presence on social media. Right. And I was like, this is awesome. 20,000 views. Amazing. So I posted another one and I think it was like 40,000 and I would be like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. And it was like every one that I posted those, that first like couple of weeks, they just went more and more and more. And then it was like 100,000, 200,000 views. Oh my gosh, 400,000 views too. And we have some videos now that have like over 2 million views. And I just, every time I was like, what is happening? This is insane. But I will say, because last year during the pandemic, everyone was home. And I feel like that got everyone on social media who wasn't because what else are you going to do? And it also got everybody hyper-focused on skincare too. You know, everybody's just sitting around with nothing to do. So they're doing face masks and eye gels and, you know, skin treatments and everyone's watching TikTok and hearing other people talk about what they're doing. So, you know, that whole trend of TikTok baby buy it, that's a real thing. And if you have, I think that there are very specific products that, you know, I always know when somebody tells me about something, I'm like, oh, that would be a TikTok viral video right there. Because there's just certain things that on TikTok take off. And I didn't know that prior to getting on and making TikToks about frownies. But once I started making TikToks about frownies, I was like, oh, wow, this was totally an untapped world that was waiting because it clearly is weird that there's this little paper patch that you can put on that makes your face look like you had Botox, <laughs> you know? And I didn't know that. Like I just, I wasn't following any skincare accounts on TikTok. I wasn't even really paying attention to TikTok. And so things took off right away. And at first, right away, people also were like, oh, you have Botox, give me a break. And at first I was like, wow, that's a huge compliment. Cause I, I mean, I see my skin. I love, I think my skin is beautiful. I love my skin. It's great. I, no hate on myself or anything like that, but I know I look in the mirror. I can see the blemishes. I can see like little fine lines. I have large pores. I know my skin is not airbrushed perfect right and i think you can look on social media and you you know all the filters and all the things you never really see what real skin looks like on camera even if someone's not using a filter uh because the videos are slightly bl blurred it's not like hd you know and so um when people started saying like oh my goodness you have botox i was like wow i i mean i thought my skin was good but i didn't think it was that good so it was kind of a compliment at first but then once i was like no i don't have botox and people were like you're lying i was like wait what like 
you don't believe me? Which was also sort of weird because it's like, well, how do you even prove that you don't have Botox? So I made some videos where I'm like scrunching my face, but people were like, no, I still know you have Botox. I still don't believe you because you can get light amount of Botox and it's not gonna, and it was like, okay, you know? And so I think at first it definitely didn't bother me at all. It was kind of a compliment. And then it got a little bit like, oh man, like, come on already. Like, I don't have Botox, you know? But the truth of the matter is, is like, and my husband and I talk about this all the time. If someone wants frownies to work for them, it will. If someone does not want it to work, it won't. <laughs> and that's because you do have to be consistent. It's not Botox. You don't just go and get an injection one time and then your skin is perfectly smooth for the next, whatever, three to six months. I'm not even sure how long Botox lasts. I really don't know a lot about it, but it's just not that. And so if you put it on one night and think you're going to look like you got a facelift, you aren't. I mean, granted, unless you're like 20 and you only have some fine lines, then yes, you could wear frownies one night and potentially not need it again for a month. That's how I was in my twenties. I hardly ever wore frownies, but for occasions and, and it was great. It was all I needed. But yeah, so I think sometimes it's a little exhausting to constantly deal with the haters, but at the same time, I take a step back and I'm just grateful because truthfully haters, <laughs> really only get your product out to more people. The more comments, the more hate, the more whatever going on in the comments of your videos, the more the algorithm works in your favor. So it's like, sometimes I think it's funny when somebody wants to comment something rude on a post, it's like, you do know that you're just making this post get out to more people, right? Like you're actually just helping me. So you know, I always tell people, I'm like, if you really don't like something, you should just walk away, like ignore it. Don't comment. Don't talk about it because you're really promoting that thing that you comment on, whether it's a comment that's a good one or a bad one. And so, you know, when it on days where it can get to me a little bit, I just remind myself like, it's okay. Like this is really just helping to spread this to more people. And the majority of people, the overwhelming response is positive. And most people just go and try the product. They don't comment, you know, negative things. And we also have an equal number of people who are raving about frownies in the comments and saying like, oh man, I've used this for 15 years and I love it. And people think I have Botox and my grandmother used this my whole life. And you know, there's so many cool comments from people, you know, on TikTok and everywhere else too, raving about frownies. So you just have to be okay with taking it all and knowing and being confident. And I don't ever feel any need to be defensive because it's like, I know what I've done and I know that we're being honest and we have no desire to trick people into buying frownies. We have no need to do that. We offer a 30 day money back guarantee because we know that it works. And we also know that for some people, it's not going to be the thing for them. Like they're not going to like it. They're not going to want to use it. Or maybe it's not, it's not making their skin as perfect as they want it to. So they're going to walk away and that's okay. That's totally fine. So we're not ever trying to misrepresent what the product uses. There's like, I don't know why you would want to do that. You're not, that's not going to you know, increase your business long-term. So we know that it works and you know, you have to be consistent, but yeah, it's been around for 130 years. So there's no gimmick and no scam. It's just, it is what it is. And so many people love it. And so many more people know about it now too. It's crazy. I was looking at the hashtag frownies the other day and obviously people post about frownies and don't always use the hashtag, but I think that hashtag frownies has over 14 million views now on TikTok 
you know, in the past, what, six months, which is pretty incredible. And I'm so grateful for a platform like TikTok. I mean, it's, it's free marketing, really, you know, there's no way you could get 14 million views on anything anywhere else like that without paying an arm and a leg. And so it's just insane that what you can do as a business on social media now. Of course, we do have paid ads and things like that too, but not on TikTok. So yeah, no, I mean, I think it is truly amazing. And I think your perspective is really good because it can be hard being on social media to like put yourself out there and you are like putting all everything about you to the world and they get to just like pick you apart or tell you they love you. But I think being grateful for having that is just like a good place to start. And to just know too, like the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. So all those people hating on you, like <laughs> they're showing you a little bit of love. No, actually I will say this at first, that first two weeks when I started posting to brownies and it was like there are hundreds of thousands of views, I actually did feel a little uncomfortable. I felt I felt kind of nervous just because, you know, I have heard weird stories of creepy stuff that has happened because of social media, um, you know, people not being careful or whatever. And I thought, uh, I felt exposed. I felt like, oh no. And with, with any like haters in the comments, I don't know who these people are. I don't know if it's just like they have extra time on their hands and they're just commenting rude things. Or if there's somebody who's truly a crazy person out there, I'm like, well, I, I don't like, I don't want them to come find me or my children or, you know, like I just felt nervous and uncomfortable. Like my life was being exposed. And then I kind of took a step back and I was like, okay, well it's okay. Like my name isn't on this. My kids are not on this. This is completely private. Everything links back only to the business. No one is going to find me like we're okay. But it, it was, a little bit uncomfortable at first. I was used to being on social media personally, but you know, on my own personal Instagram, I, I don't have like 6,000 followers. It's not, I'm not getting millions of views. And so I felt comfortable and everyone who follows me on Instagram kind of knows me. They know who I am. They would never accuse me of having Botox because they know if they knew me, they would know that's just not something I would ever do. I mean, I had my babies at home naturally. I, I never had, I I've never taken over the counter medication. I've never been on an antibiotic. Like I just don't do that. Like the, like I'm so into the natural way of life that Botox to me sounds terrifying. I would be par I would be paranoid that I would be that person that got Botox once. And then I had like a paralyzed eye and my face was all wonky or something. Like I just, I won't go near that stuff. I have no tattoos. I have nothing. I'm too much of a, like a wimp that's scared of that stuff. And so, you know, but people who know me know that. So they wouldn't, there's never any hate on my personal stuff. And so it was really like, whoa, it felt scary to be in front of a bunch of people who don't know you. They don't know what you're like. They don't just love you and trust you and, and understand your personality. They just see videos of your face talking about a wrinkle patch and, and they're like, whatever brands are always lying. You can't trust anyone. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. I'm not used to people not trusting me or like doubting my motive, you know? So it was a little scary and I had to get used to it, but it's one of those things you just have to know, like when you need to take a break and back off and like kind of do your own inner work and be okay. And then you can go back into it. So I try not to consume too much social media and instead just use it to like create content and put it out there because it can have an effect on your mental health for sure. If you're too, like sucked into it. 
Yeah, for sure. I like do social media management and I have like that same sort of stuff with some of the clients that I work with and it can be tough. And even when I worked with Rosetta Stone, I did like Instagram stories for them and I would like sometimes people would like comment stuff or like follow me and send me weird messages and I'm like, okay, this is kind of like yeah. scary. But I think separating it from yourself and not taking it personally because these people don't know you so what it like they're probably saying about a million people like they're probably hating on other people's posts too so I think that's really good advice I I know our time is almost up but I do want to ask you two questions if you have noticed like a similar vein between your viral videos or other viral videos that you've seen that you've like can identify like oh like this really seems to work for people and a little bit about like if you've seen your sales grow from TikTok, not like specifics, but just like in general. Yes. Um, okay. So the first question was, is there something that I kind of know will go viral, like specifics? On one hand, there are things that I, some, I will say sometimes I think something's going to be a hit and it falls flat. And then sometimes I think this isn't really that great, but I got to put something out there really quick. I'm just going to record this super quick video, throw it up there. And then it's like, what in the world? This is crazy. It's taking off. So I, I definitely think, I mean, obviously there's things you can do that you're utilizing what you know about the algorithms, like obviously using popular songs that are trending and that kind of thing. I can tell that that definitely does help because sometimes I'll make a video where I'm not really informing anyone on frownies. I'm just like, I have it on my face and I'm like lip syncing to something, but it's one of the popular songs and the video will get a lot of views just because of the algorithm, not necessarily because people are super interested. The other thing is anything that was kind of like a before and after I have noticed of myself when i post before and afters of customers who've shared about brownies they don't always take off as much which i've thought is random because people are always asking me to do that but when i do it i don't know if it's the algorithm or what it is but when it's not my face it doesn't get as many views most of the time so that's been interesting and so i've kind of played with um, you know, where you can duet something that does better, but it's like, if they don't see my face, I don't know that it's, they don't always recognize it. And so people aren't watching. I have no idea. So like I said, that's something like, even though everyone's asking for it, I put it out there. It doesn't get as many views, but before and afters with myself that does well. And things that look very natural and organic and not scripted for sure. Because if it looks like an ad or sounds like an ad, people scroll past quickly. Um, but if someone, it, it's just very like, okay, look, you know, one night I was wearing our eye gels. And I was like, okay, you guys, I want to show you really quick with these. I just like the lighting was terrible. I had no makeup on. It was just like not a great video, but I was like, watch this. And I like peeled it back. And I think that one got several hundred thousand views and sales, just like instant sales, instant sales, which was just crazy. And TikTok, you ask, does it, have we seen a change in our sales? 100% TikTok views equal sales for sure. TikTok is very much a purchasing platform. It's weird because on Instagram, I could post a video and get, you know, a hundred thousand views and yes, we'll notice sales some, but on TikTok, if you get a hundred thousand views, you immediately notice the sales. So my husband's always watching sales on the website and he'll, 
it, it, so sometimes we know another influencer must have posted about frownies because sales are like instantly, it's like sales are coming in, sales are coming in and it's like, what happened? Who posted about it? So then we'll go look and search the hashtags and search through people, you know, who have used frownies or whatever to kind of be like, is somebody talking about this? And lo and behold, you're find a video. It's like 200,000 views and it keeps going up, you know? And so it, TikTok 100% translates to purchases for whatever reason that concept of hashtag TikTok made me buy it. It's a real thing. There are people whose whole account is just reviewing TikTok products that everyone's buying. I don't know why, but it's like TikTok. I, if it's just like the impulse platform, I, I have no idea, but people completely buy things because of TikTok. I've done it even. So yeah. it's, it's like a, a real thing. And then the, the last thing I'll say is for whatever reason, also, videos if there's something controversial where haters will likely comment then that video will take off <laughs> the more people argue with each other in the comments the more viral the video is you know my most viral video which has over 2.2 million views i pronounced someone's name wrong and that video i don't think the video in and of itself was all that amazing i literally responded to like over 3000 comments saying, thank you so much. I pronounced her name wrong. I appreciate you letting me know, like now I know, and I can do better next time. Mm -hmm. And it was like that, but even though all the comments were all geared toward you pronounced her name wrong, like what's your problem, get it together. That translated to our largest month we have ever had and even more in that month than we had ever done in an entire quarter. It was insane, insane. And like I said, so it's kind of like whatever is happening in the comments or whatever is going on, it doesn't really matter because that all of that just meant the video kept being shown to more and more and more people. So more and more people were finding out what frownies even was. And for the most part, because it was something no one had ever heard of at the, you know, initially it was like, everybody was like, wait, what is this? And it's kind of like, if you can go into a crowd and be like, Hey, all 2 million of you, here's this product. It smooths wrinkles. Uh, you know, people are going to be like, what? I've never heard of that. I want to try it. And the price point is so low that it's not like you have to really consider it for a long time. You know, I've seen different microcurrent things and they're like $500. Like I get that that would take some time to decide if you want to invest that much money. 20 bucks is not an investment. And because it's money back, it's like, who cares? So you have to be okay with like the irrelevance of the things happening in the comments in relation to your product. And even, you know, even though it was a little annoying to like respond to 3000 people saying, I'm sorry, yes, I did it wrong it only put the product in front of more people. And that's the point is just getting the word out there. And so it, it is so weird how random little mistakes in a video like that lead to virality when it has nothing to do with anything. You know, I also will say novelty on TikTok is a big deal. So one, when I first got on TikTok, every video that I made would have instantly get a lot of views. And it was because it was so new and people hadn't heard about it. And they were like, wait, what is this? So it made people stop and watch. Um, we have some new products that we're working on right now. Like everyone's always asking for something for neck and like jowls. 
and my mom has been working on some things. And I know that when she gives me the product, when it's finally done and she gives it to me and I make my first TikTok about those, they will, they will do better than any of our videos have been doing lately because it's everyone's looking for this solution. And when they see a solution that they've never seen before, they start paying attention. I, our views on TikTok of my videos have gone down quite a bit because at this point, everyone's not automatically stopping and saying, wait, what? Everybody sees it and goes, oh yeah, frownies. I've heard of that. And they keep going. You know, we still, it's still a really great platform for us and we're still going to stay there. Even if my video views dropped a lot, like you just have to have that presence on social media, you know? So like the other day I posted a video and I think it only has like 700 where most of our videos all have over 10,000 views, but it's okay. Like you still need to do that because a lot of my videos are also answering questions that people have. And so someone has a question, they can go to our page and it's kind of like a reference tool for them to learn and know what to do. Um, but at this point, like if an influencer organically shares about, then they still get hundreds of thousands of views because their followers are like, oh wait, you use that? So they're curious. But if they just see me talking about it now, because I've been talking about it for six months and it's all over TikTok, it's not like a showstopper. It's not or a scroll stopper, you know? So something novel, something unique, something that solves a problem that people have that and something like inexpensive, you know, that always goes well on TikTok for sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that was all such good advice. And I love getting those insights. I think some people see TikTok as kind of this like mystery box that they're afraid to go into. And I have like played around with reels. It's hard because I have like dual department as a service-based business. We're a, we're a community. Like we do like yoga classes and business workshops for business owners. So it's not like a product that I can be like, look, like, so sometimes it's like harder, but I do think that that is really good advice for anybody just like wanting to get into social media. And so I am really excited. Yes. The last thing I'll say about that, just as far as like a tip for social media. So initially, you know, we started, we had an Instagram, right? I will also say our tip, TikTok is important. Every business should be on TikTok. Even if you're not getting that many views, you just need to do it because you never know when something is going to go viral. It has just so much opportunity for virality. But so started posting on TikTok. Our Instagram following initially at the beginning of the year, I think was around 12,000 followers. And now we're up to, I think, 28.4 thousand. And that growth really came initially from TikTok. As things started taking off on TikTok, people did go and find us on Instagram. And while TikTok is kind of like a, you never know what's going to happen. Like it's kind of like the wild, wild west. It's like things can just go crazy sometimes. And then that translates to sales. But what's great about TikTok is it also funnels people over to Instagram. And Instagram is a more consistent and scalable place for your business. And so even though TikTok brought in so much business. I also started taking all of our TikToks and, and turning them into reels and putting them on Instagram. And what I've noticed now it's kind of flip-flopped where I get a lot more views and a lot of interaction and a lot of, and a lot of sales more, even like the increase of sales coming from Instagram has gone up a ton because Instagram, like I said, there's a little, it's a little more reliable. It's like whatever you can start, like whatever kind of interaction you can start having on Instagram, that's predictable. Like I know for sure when I post an Instagram reel, it's probably going to be at least 10,000 views every single time now. And before it wasn't. 
And, and sometimes it'll, it'll go up and we do have reels that have over 600,000 views, but the TikTok, I could post the same thing to TikTok now and maybe get a thousand views and I'm getting 10,000 on Instagram. So it's kind of like your growth on Instagram is sustainable. And as Instagram grows, you don't just drop, like your Instagram engagement doesn't just drop off. Whereas on TikTok it can. But it's, it's nice to have both because TikTok could potentially go viral, but Instagram is just a steady, consistent growth. And so they go hand in hand for sure. And right now, Instagram wants people to be making reels. So they are very much rewarding you for your reels. And if you're making reels, you might as well be putting stuff on TikTok because it's the same concept, you know? So you're just giving yourself double opportunity to reach more people and to spread the word about whatever your product or business is. But yes, Instagram is way more sustainable. It's like the slow, it's like the tortoise and the hare. You know, you go, TikTok is like the hare and it could just go crazy off the charts. But in the end, you need that slow and steady growth that is available on Instagram too. So you kind of just have to have both. And the truth is the great thing, there's nothing to lose. You post something on TikTok and it doesn't go anywhere. That's okay. It doesn't matter, you know, um, you're not, it, you're not losing anything. So I think whenever people feel afraid to do something, I'm like, just go for it, you know, and it takes practice. I look back at videos that I made six years ago and I, and I remember people being like, you're so natural on camera. And I look back, I'm like, I was not natural on camera. <laughs> I look ridiculous. I look so uncomfortable. And so it's practice. You can't be good at anything unless you start and you practice. And so if anyone's nervous about social media or showing their face on video, the only way to get over it is to do it and you're going to get better and better. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope all our listeners out there have been taking notes this whole episode because <laughs> Helen just shared so much good information on social media and just growing a business in general. I mean, you have like the business woman, business owner in your blood. So it's just, <laughs> who knew? I denied it for so long. <laughs> It was your destiny. Here it is. But thank you so much for coming on. I am really excited to, ha to have had you on and to learn more about Frownies and how you guys are doing. And the last thing I just ask is for you to share where people can find you. Yeah. So you can go to our website, obviously at frownies.com. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at frownies. We are on TikTok at Brownies Family, and we also have a Facebook page. You know, it's just Brownies. Uh, I will say, if you are listening to this from somewhere else in the world, uh, a lot of times people send us messages saying like, oh, I can't buy these in Canada. I'm so bummed. You can. You can buy them all over the world. We have websites specifically for people shopping in Canada, in Australia, in the UK, um, Russia, a lot of different places around the world. So if you're listening from somewhere else in the world, go to frownies.com and go on our store locator. Under the store locator, there's a list of websites where you can shop if you're you know, somewhere else in the world. And if you can't find your specific country listed, you can also try and shop on iherb.com. They carry Frownies products and they ship a lot of places around the world. So that's where you can find us. And again, you can find us in some stores. We're in Whole Foods, some Walgreens, things like that. But go to the store locator to see what's in your area if you wanna shop in person. And not all of the stores carry all of our products. So you just wanna um, make note of that as well. And we are on Amazon if you are a big Amazon shopper. So that's it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Helen. I hope you have a great rest of your day. and. 
I will, hopefully we'll talk soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us on. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Unstrictly Business. Want to learn more about how you can create a successful business of your own? Visit our website, dowelldepartment.com. Dowell, D-E-P-T.com. See you next week.